0: Welcome to How Do You Write? I'm your host, Rachel Herron. On this podcast, I talk to authors about how they write, what their process is, and how their lives fit together. I'll keep each episode short so you can get back to writing. Well, hello, writers. Welcome to episode number 251 of How Do You Write. I'm Rachel Heron. I'm so pleased that you're here with me today in New Zealand as I record this intro. Today we are talking to Mark A. Alvarez II. Uh, when we spoke, I was not in New Zealand, so you're going to be flashing back and forth in time as you hear these things. If you watch on the YouTube channel, you will see um, me in my old office and in different places for the next couple of months because I stacked up so many episodes uh in order to give myself a little bit of breathing room so that's happening um but mark was really really awesome to talk to we talk about um our own scars and how to show them in our writing basically we talk about writing with the vulnerability that means we are actually writing with truth and uh, with honesty, uh, with the kind of voice that readers lean in to listen to. So I know you're going to enjoy the interview. Just a little catch up around here. Again, if you are watching on the YouTube channel, number one, did you know there's a YouTube channel? Number two, did you know that you should subscribe to it? I think it's YouTube, just Google YouTube Rachel Heron or Rachel Heron writes, and it comes right up. Trying to do a little bit more with the YouTube channel these days. So if you did want to watch over there or put it on in the background while you're doing something else, I would love that, but if you're watching on it, you get to see what the inside of a New Zealand bathroom in a hotel looks like, and let me tell you, it is like nothing you have ever seen before, except it is actually like every other bathroom you've ever seen before. Lala, my wife, made a very funny joke on Twitter yesterday, which nobody seemed to think was as funny as I did, but she said that she's starting to get Stockholm syndrome because she finally understands how all the faucets and taps work, you know how when you're in a hotel room? You can never figure it out and by the time you start working it out, you're leaving the hotel room Well, we are in here long enough to figure out how to work every single little thing in this hotel, including all the knobs and taps in the shower bath, uh, which is where we are spending a lot of time because um, out there, it's basically a 10 by 10 room with a queen size bed in the middle, a tiny desk that I have given to Lala because she is a web developer and she codes and she needs a couple of screens and... Um, I'm a writer. I can curl up in a corner. I can curl up on the bed. Uh, I have a standing desk. That is what I am at uh, right now in the bathroom. I'm so glad that I packed it in my suitcase and didn't throw it out a million times. Um, Also, I have like a little riser stand for my computer um, and a friend sent to the hotel, a little lap desk, uh, which is fantastic when I'm in bed. So I am set up when it comes to that, but the room is tiny. And if I'm talking at this volume, I'm going to annoy everybody. And also if my wife is talking on a meeting at this level, she's going to annoy me. So so we repair into the bathroom at this time when we're doing these kind of things, which is pretty hilarious to me. But uh, we are spending a lot of time in this bathroom because there's no place to get away from each other. And I was talking to her yesterday, and actually I'm writing about this for my next Patreon essay, but um, I'm not tired of her. I don't want to get away from her. She doesn't want to get away from me. It's weird. This is day 10 of 14, trapped in a room. Uh, they bring us all our meals to the door. We open the meals after they've left, wearing our mask, bring them inside, eat them on the floor um, because the desk is too small. But uh, yeah, we're just not tired of each other yet. However, we are both people who value alone time more than anybody else we've ever met. So I don't want to get away from her, but I want to be alone So this bathtub has been saving us. I've been taking like a two hour bath a day. She's taking a two, two and a half hour bath a day. That adds up to four hours alone, four and a half hours alone uh, when we do that. So (laughs) that's been awesome. A lot lot of tub time. What else has been going on? Really nothing's been going on because I've been trapped in this room for 10 days. And I say trapped. We are allowed out once a day if we make an appointment and there's a little yard, there's a uh, parking lot. Small parking lot that you can walk in circles in um, if you make an appointment. And so we can go out there once a day today. My walkies are at 6 p.m., and I will definitely be utilizing that. I usually put a podcast or uh, an audiobook in my ears, and I just walk around and around and around and around and around. And I'm wearing a mask, so I can't even smell New Zealand. It's this really strange liminal space we're at that we are in New Zealand, but we're actually not in New Zealand. Um, the, I'm recording this on a Thursday. On Monday, we get out and we move to an apartment for a week in Auckland. Um, And we're going to be able to walk around, no masks, because there's no COVID here, not good. Uh, And just live, we'll be able to live. And I'm super, super, super excited about that. So I will keep you posted on how that is going. Everything else is continuing apace. I'm actually managing to get work done in the hotel room. (laughs) I don't know why I said actually. There's not much else to do. So, of course, I'm getting work done. It's, um, a pretty great environment for that. I wanted to quickly thank some new patrons because I haven't done that in a while, I think. Um, Penelope Penn, my friend Penn. Thank you, Penn, very much. Uh, Melody McIntyre, Kay Neal. Thank you. Thank you. Catherine Van Auken. Um, thank you. Kirsten Saxton. Yay, Kirsten. And Julie H. Thank you. Thank you. And Juliet Martin. Um, lovely person edited her pledge up to the $3 level, which is where you get texts from me. So, uh, Juliet, I hope that you have signed up for that. If you have not just go into Patreon and look at any of the essays and it tells you in there how to sign up for those text messages from me, um, which people like getting and you can text me back and that's. I really, really enjoy doing that. So thank you, thank you to everyone who um, follows along on Patreon. I hope you are enjoying the essays about moving to New Zealand and about existentially a little bit bigger than that. Like, what the hell um, does it mean to make such a big move at midlife and rebind everything that you know? Thank God for writing. How do do non-writers get through... The world, how do they get through a life without writing? I was um, super upset about a very, very small thing. It was not matrimonial. It was an outside issue. (laughs) And um, when I say super upset, like I was annoyed. For me, that's pretty upset. And I went to bed annoyed and I went to bed thinking I cannot wait to write in my journal because I'll fix it then. And in the morning, I was still annoyed and I wrote in my journal and I realized, oh, there was nothing to be upset about. Writing about it got me to understand the thing I hadn't been able to understand to make it not annoying anymore. How do people function without that? Um, so I think that we are just a very, very cool subsection of people that get that extra tool. So I hope that you are using your tool, that you are putting it um, into service of your life, of your heart, of your happiness. Only you can do that. Um, if you're not doing it, don't beat yourself up. That's the worst thing you can do. If you are not writing, stop beating yourself up and just write for 10 minutes, write something terrible, something awful, terrible words that will let you down. That is fine. That's what they're supposed to do. That's normal. Um, Write for 10 minutes and then you get to feel smug that you did a little bit of writing and it will make you happier. So um, that's my prescription to you today from the inside of a bathroom. The next time we talk, who knows where I'll be. I think I'll be in Auckland um, in an apartment, but anything could change. So happy writing, my friends. Please enjoy this interview with Mark and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Hey, you're a writer. Did you know that I send out a free weekly email of writing encouragement? Go sign up for it at rachelheroncom write. And you'll also get my stop stalling and write PDF with helpful tips you can use today to get some of your own writing done. Okay, now on to the interview. Well, I could not be more pleased to welcome to the show, Mark A. Alvarez II. Hello, Mark. Hi,
1: how are you doing? Thanks I'm, for having me today. <laughs> I'm so
0: excited to have you. so excited to talk to you. Let me get you a little introduction here. Mark A. Alvarez II is Hispanic American born in Houston, uh, Texas. I have a lot of friends in Texas, in Houston, actually. Uh, He's a graduate of Texas State University, where he studied public relations and mass communications. He is a graduate of the New Apprenticeship the first tech apprenticeship program accredited by the United States Department of Labor. And he is the CEO and founder of Light Wings Promotions, LLC, a digital marketing and creative branding agency based in San Antonio, Texas, where Mark currently resides. And Duty Bound is his first novel. So welcome to the show. Congratulations on your release. Tell me again when it came out.
1: Um, actually it's, uh, not out yet. It's coming out on June 22nd. We're taking pre-orders right now. Uh, you can, uh, you know, uh, you can go and find it on my website. Uh, we'll get to that in a little I bit.
0: also stop <laughs> over on Amazon. And by the time this podcast goes live, because I'm pretty booked out right now, your book will be live and you will be oh. a, an author already. Um, so how does it feel to have your first book coming out? Um,
1: It feels absolutely amazing just because, you know, I spent so much time on it. I mean, I've been working on this and it's really hard to believe. I've been working on this book since I was a kid. Uh, I was about uh, 14 when I started writing it. Uh, Even you can even say before then, because I had some source material, like I was actually like sort of dreaming of uh, designing a video game whenever I was younger. But it was the day I finished reading Harry Potter and Deadly Hallows that I decided that I wanted to write this book and I remember that day because like as soon as I closed the book I was like I can't believe it's over like my Harry Potter journey is over over and I was like I need to start my own and uh and that's how duty bound the all the the seeds for duty bound started
0: I love that and all these years later so what are you going to do to celebrate when your book comes out
1: Oh Well, um, my mom is planning a small get-together. I saw a little launch party for me um, with uh, close friends and family. Uh, I'm inviting some people from my, you know, uh, high school and some people that I grew up with, things, people that I haven't caught up with in a long time, because, you know, it's like a homecoming. Yeah. I left home and d- did what I was sought out to do, and I'm coming home, you know, finally fulfilled, finally reached the dream. And uh, you know, there's still much more work to do, but that's the way I'm treating it. Is you know, a homecoming, and uh, you know, I finally, I'm a champion, I'm triumphant, victorious, and I
0: love that. Finally,
1: glad that I, you know, achieved my dream.
0: <laughs> Returning home, triumphant. That's awesome. Okay, so this podcast is a show for writers about the process of writing. So it sounds like you do a lot of things in a lot of different areas. Um, how do you get the writing done? However, how do you fit that into your life?
1: Oh, so um, uh, it's so odd. Uh, so writing to me is more like a compulsion. It's mm. an odd obsession. Uh, it's kind of like, you know, a coping mechanism. Um, you know, I don't think there is a day that goes by where I don't write. I'm, you know, either writing a poem, poetry, something I'm really keen into, or writing in my journal. Um, but, you know, it's a, uh, it, it, it comes to me in random spirits of inspiration, mostly when I write. Uh, I listen to music, mm-hmm. and the words really come when I'm listening to these melodies. And they, uh, the 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 words themselves are evoked from various songs that I listen to. Uh, oh, cool! They they're pretty hand in hand. So uh, so you do my, listen pro- to my r-
0: music with words while you're doing? that? No, right okay, no,
1: no. The music that I, I listen that to either. when I write. <laughs> Uh, is not is without words. Yeah. Uh, usually, it's from a video game score, or a movie They're score, or uh, a classical song that I like. Um, I have various, you know, different, um, you know, uh, places that I pull from for various uh, sources of inspiration, uh, and uh, that's how that's what sets my writing process. Is usually mm-hmm. I set the tone using a song, and uh, I use it to sort of like and even establish the pacing and the rhythm. It's it's quite um it's 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 quite the process it's it's very important part of the process I cannot write without it it's the ultimate muse for me
0: at least (laughs) do you have different sounds for different parts of what you're writing or is it just all kind of rotating do you have soundtracks
1: So, uh, yeah, like um, right now, actually, I have a campaign running on Twitter where I have my poems that are going out. And a lot of my poetry um, is uh, a lot of my poetry is very like a lot of my writing is very thematic. And Mm -hmm. I think I do have a very unique style. And I write about certain things that are very close to my value system, my belief system. And, you know, the same with Duty Bound. And uh, they're very intertwined. And a couple of the poems are even featured in Duty Bound. Uh, because the main character, she is, uh, you know, uh, she writes hymns and she writes poems and songs and she's a singer. Uh, and it's, uh, I, I have two, the, the, there's two poems that's featured in the beginning and the end, and uh, they're both on my website. But the uh, the songs, I call it my poetry playlist because I've been posting these posts to my Twitter and I put used the hashtag poetry playlist and I on each of my poems, I featured the song that inspired it. So I that way, if you that. listen to the song while you also read the poem, you can see its influence and how it's established the tone, the pace and the rhythm and how the words sort of speak to or communicate what the song is trying to communicate, uh, more or less from my interpretation.
0: I have uh, never heard anybody do that. And I think that that is absolutely fascinating. What is your Twitter handle?
1: Uh, it's ma. Alvarez, (laughs) A-L-V-A-R-E-Z-I-I.
0: Perfect. I'm going to be checking that out. I'm newly back into poetry. and pretty excited about it after getting burned in grad school, but now I'm like dipping my toes into it again. And it's just, I just read an amazing poem like five minutes ago. So, um, that's, that's awesome. So what is your biggest challenge when it comes to writing?
1: Um, so, uh, yeah. Um, I don't want to sound like super pretentious, but I don't think I've ever really had a real problem or struggle with writing, Um, mainly because um, writing has always been an escape Mm. from the struggles within my life. Um, It's so easy to just like escape into my head and hide uh, my journal has always been like, you know, I always write about it. It's always been my sanctuary. It's similar to how Lucia, when she writes, um, and my protagonist, uh, that's her escape. She writes in her sanctuary and she writes these Sims and, um, they're her escape from her reality. Uh, so, you know, it's so easy to escape and, and to your head and, you know, to hide and, my journal has always been my sanctuary, but because my biggest struggles I faced were always on the outside, didn't have the easiest life growing up. I, you know, lived through a lot, including a gunshot. (laughs) Yeah, that was in your,
0: um, that was in your publicist press material. Do you want to tell us about that gunshot that occurred when you were pretty young, right?
1: Yeah, I was four years old. Uh, when it happened happened in a gas station my younger brother was um, about to turn two the next month he was only one at the time the day was january 27 1997 Um, and he found a gun in the gas station and we were from a bad part of houston there was a lot of crime in that area and uh, they had a gun at the gas station to protect the store essentially but um my mother at the time, she was, uh, you know, um, she was uh, seeing the man who was running the store mm. and we were there and my brother was uh, able to find the gun and he was shot me with it while I was asleep oh. <laughs> um, or in the back behind the counter. Uh still remember it very vividly and everything afterwards um, pretty vividly. Um, but uh, you know it's it, it, it's not the worst thing that's happened to me. I like to say sometimes that getting shot was the best thing that happened to me because it's instilled within me this sort of uh this drive and sense of purpose. you know, I survive for a reason. I mm-hmm. think that you know, like there's a duty for to fulfill, very much like how I write about duty in my book. uh it's very much and and I like I like to say that within each of my characters there's a piece of myself, and there's a lot of anecdotal experiences that I draw on drawing from um, what is it inspiration from and put into the book and if people just knew me and like just knew how unbelievable some of the stuff that I've gone through is then they would just you know like they they, they would see it within the book the book itself but I think that makes for a more compelling story
0: absolutely um yeah.
1: but uh, you know writing is my greatest joy uh because it is in those dark the darkest moments of my life where writing saved it and it gave my life purpose and meaning and it's always it always has and I don't ever think it won't I think that being a writer is very much my identity because it's it's always been the way I've sort of communicated and had a voice even when I didn't have one
0: I find that so So. inspiring how long have you been journaling
1: (laughs) since I was eight
0: (laughs) me too me too I have old old journals and I've I go in and out of it, but in the last year or so, um, I have really doubled down. And this morning, in fact, um, cause I had a doctor's appointment, I had to skip it. And I have been feeling like jangly ever since I just can't calm down because I didn't get my space on the page to process my own stuff. Do you do it in the morning? Do you do it all day long? When do you journal? Oh it needs to
1: happen and like it, it like I said if I don't do it I go crazy because ah. it's my escape you know um and it's always and like I said it developed uh, writing sort of developed for me as like a coping mechanism you yeah, know definitely. like um uh you know um I was you know as a kid I was like you know kind of like locked up a lot and I was always um I didn't really have much else other than my journal uh so it was um it was uh, it, it was definitely a coping mechanism, and it was a way for me to sort of escape and to get uh, to get away from what was ha- the things that were happening around me. And you know, if we don't write, we go crazy. You know, or at least for me. And you might feel the same way. And I need mean, people write for different reasons, but uh, for me, it's really the nighttime. I'm really mm-hmm. a night owl, and I usually do right before bed. Uh, I'll put on a song, uh, a melody and based on my mood and how I'm feeling that day. And then I'll just write my feelings out and just write about my day and how things were going. Uh, and, you know, sort of like interest, make like get into the state of introspection where I'm trying to analyze the things about my personality and about myself and how I'm changing. Uh, because there, there are things in my life that just, you know, affect me in different ways. And I really, uh, try to kind of try to come to a place of understanding that, and I think I try to use that in my narratives as well as, you know, it's good to understand your own character development. So that way you can understand how
0: to develop characters oh, too. I love that. That is a really astute, profound statement. We have to understand how we change. So we understand how our characters change just because I love the nitty gritty. Um, how do you journal and how do you keep your past journals? Have you digitized them? Are they all in different notebooks? Do you have a particular favorite notebook?
1: I have stacks and I mean, stacks I of journals. Too. So like and, I mentioned I, we're
0: moving and I filled up box after box after box with these journals. I'm like, Oh God, what if I lost
1: them? You know, I want to leave them to my, you know, like I want to leave them to my kids one day. Like, I think that, you know, my journal uh, my journals is, is provide tremendous insight and it's interesting to go back and read things when I was like 13 or 14 and just to see how insightful and how, and sometimes I, I was like, how did I, like, as that young, how did I think like that? Like, yeah. where did those words come from? Maybe and because you weren't. I, you know, uh, yeah, mm-hmm. I don't know. It's just, it's, it's just so weird looking back and seeing how, who your past self was. And how,
0: do you mind really, if I ask you how old you are now?
1: I am 28.
0: Okay. You could pass for younger if you wanted to. So
1: <laughs> I get that a lot. I get that a lot. My friends make fun of me all the time because I look super young.
0: So, do you have um, a particular get, favorite kind of journal that you like to write in comp book or oh yes please show
1: le- leather oh. leather bound oh, and, um, you know and um a lineless usually so i write in nothing but cursive and yeah. lineless oh, i'm cool. more of a mostly a uh, mostly a classical kind of guy when it comes to writing i like leather bounds you know with the strap very much you know old school i I just I just like that classical element yeah Uh, so this is my favorite my first journal though was shiny and blue uh just like my first book is so (laughs) it's kind of like gorgeous there's a similar parallel and I just thought of that I was like that's very funny
0: I love Um, that my
1: my first book was shiny and blue and the cover if you see the cover of duty bound it's it's a beautiful cover silver
0: yeah yeah a a lot of people say say that Can you share a craft tip with our audience of any
1: sort? So my favorite craft tip. Um, So this is something that I really think and it resonates with me and based off like what I said so far, like, uh, you know, and it's this quote by Stephen King. And I hope you know it. It's, um, you know, a little talent is a good thing to have when it comes to being a writer. But the only real requirement is the ability to remember every scar um, and he talks about how like art is the, uh, consists of the persistence of memory. And that's the thing is that like, you know, understanding your own character development, the things that you've gone through, understanding how certain events affected you and how those same events might've affected somebody else in your life differently. Like me and my brothers, we had pretty much the same upbringing, but we're also different. And we've all taken different paths in life because those events have changed us in different ways. Uh, and I really think that, you know, um, understanding like, don't be afraid to draw on aspects um, or to be vulnerable in your writing. And, you know, it's, it's not about like, in terms of the craft, I think it's really important to really understand that it's okay to talk about things, to have conversations about things that you know make you vulnerable. Yes. You know, uh, it's you know embrace that authenticity because if you're trying to hide behind, you know, flowery language and over uh, complex sentences and you're trying to flaunt your stuff as a writer but you're not really trying to connect to, to someone or tell the, someone a story or communicate your story or put that piece of yourself into the story, you're going to lose that sense of authenticity that's going to make your story more believable. And, um, I think that, you know, like to me, I, I, I love, I, I, and to me, like I said, it's a coping mechanism. I'm not afraid to be vulnerable in my writing. My writing tends to be very dark. It's very solemn. Uh, and, you know, I think I read a review on duty bound the other day and they called it a solemn fantasy and I don't know if they meant it in a good or bad way, but I was like, you know what, that's what it is though. It's because, okay. you know, I, I like, I want people to like, you know, I'm a very deep person and I. Live through a lot but there's a sense of light at the end of the tunnel you know uh you know like terrestrial is a very dark world but the use of color is used throughout to illustrate lights persistence uh like you know lights consistent what is it presence within mm-hmm. within the world that they live in so it's uh you know be vulnerable you know don't be afraid to draw on those certain experiences that you know uh you know you know, it's okay to cry when you write, you know, talk about things that really touch you. Um, you know, when I wrote my ending, I, I drew on um, a particular memory that, um, so like, there's a part of it when we, we were in the revision process, when we were my editors back and forth, um, and we were already, and the re- ending was already written, but I wrote the ending, and there was this one scene, and I wanted it, you know, to drive the emotional impact but um, there's like a certain action that the protagonist takes that really happened, like in recently, like um, uh, when experiencing, I'm not going to try to do this as spoiler free as possible, but when yeah. experiencing this, this, this event, um, this thing happened. And I thought it was like the most touching thing um, to see happen. Um, so I decided to write that in. And I was crying when I was doing it. And I'm even getting emotional. I can hear that. Now because, yeah, that's beautiful. Like, cause like, um, cause it was like the most touching thing I ever saw. And it was really, it was a really sad moment in my family's life. And, um, and I just thought it was like, you know, and that bond to have that bond and to illustrate that bond is uh in in that particular way it, it it felt real and genuine and you know and true to me so I decided to write it in uh because it was you know it it like if if people were there and they saw what I saw and they you know they, they would understand the feelings they, they would understand where I was coming from and what mm-hmm. the character would be really feeling when you know, you know, they're doing that, cer- that certain action.
0: And as a writer, you get to put that on the page. And I love seeing that vulnerability in you right now. And also you're saying your book is solemn and, but there's the moments of light. And in the few moments that I've known you, I can see that your life has been that too, solemn with that. I mean, you're even wearing a yellow shirt, you know, you're, you, the color, yeah. the brightness is coming out of you. So speaking of books, what is the best book that you have read recently?
1: So the best book that I've read recently, uh, I, as well, the last book I read was really good. And I mean, uh, so I, I couldn't put it down. So the last book I read and it's more recent, um, it's, uh, the silent patient by Alex, uh, Michael, um, Michael, how do you spell it? I I always, I feel like I mispronounced his name, but
0: is it Michael I I think, uh, I think it must be that that's how I pronounce it in my head. Okay. Yeah, yeah but I've never so,
1: heard uh, it so so yeah. yeah like The Silent Patient by uh my uh what is it Alex Michaelides I thought that uh, was great I I mean I love that book absolutely loved it and the thing is is that and I don't know it just kind of and it's his debut novel and he's a newbie writer too and I mean but it just blew me away because the type of precision and skill that he did in yeah. crafting the story uh so like he knows how to tell a good story and he doesn't like overcomplicate it or pack it with like words you don't understand. And then this, the thing is like if you also like read up about him is that he uses a lot of anecdotal, mm. um, you know, experiences, like, you know, he worked in a hospital, he, you know, these, these store, the, the story somewhat like it's semi autobiographical, autobiographical and, uh, he draws on that, but he doesn't overcomplicate the story but he he'll tell his, tells it in a very simple, elegant and easy to imagine uh, in a way that's easy to imagine. Um and he's really good at doing something I know a lot of write, writers struggle with is giving away too much and he knows how to hold back. Right. And that is something that you know you like through. as a reader you want them to give you everything. You want yeah. you want them to just hand it all to you but it takes a certain amount of skill for an author and like you know as a reader as a a literary enthusiast as someone who reads you you know and so as an author and you start writing you think that's what the readers want because that's what you want but really it's the opposite you want to hold as much back and he knows how to hold back and I know a lot of writers struggle to do that because they want what they want and they want their cake and to eat it too um, but I but I think that's what gave his twist and his turnaround, like them more impact yeah. and just made it all the more I'm not giving away any spoilers, no, but not. that's what <laughs> that's that's what made it what it was, was because he knows how to hold back and how to really uh you know not give away too much. It keeps it it keeps you hooked, it keeps you invested in the story, and it does and it doesn't dilute the climax. And if anything, it makes it all the more compelling and it's, you confounded
0: it's the payoff you know you've been waiting and waiting and waiting for this payoff yeah i found the exact same thing um with that book speaking of books can we're almost out of time but can you give us the quick overview a little a quick elevator pitch for your new debut novel
1: um okay uh, oh, well, do, uh, <laughs> well uh to sum it up duty bound is a dark coming-of-age fantasy set in Terrestria, it's about a young girl who um, goes on a journey uh, and she sees the world for the first time and it's a world of darkness. So it's, it's, a, it's about a girl's journey through a world of darkness uh, looking to find light when there isn't any. And basically the light she's looking for or the characters are looking for are within themselves and they have to find the way to manifest that light so that way they can fight the darkness that is threatening to destroy um you know everything that they hold dear and uh it's all tied to this covenant and this uh, whole there's this whole generational tie where it's you know it's the past and the present and the generation that you know the sins of the former affect the you know affect the the uh the generation afterwards and it's up to the, you know even you know the even though like you know there's a lot of like you know it's sort of like like there's there's these sort of undertones in terms of like, you know, how the their political and social constructs are within Terrestria, but the illusion here is, is that, you know, like, even as the generation of the former, even when the former generation makes mistakes and fails the second and the generation of the next, the generation of the next should not lose hope in that we can't save that world because we can, and we can make, we can bring about the change that we want to see in the world and that the world is not as hopeless as we as, you know, um, you know, the previous generations can make it seem, uh, especially yeah. when we have some leaders that fail us.
0: So that is, is, it's a very timely book. I must say too. Very, very timely. Mark, thank you for your time. Thank you for your writing. It has been a joy to talk to you and thank you for the light that you have shown to us. Where can, quickly, where can people find you online or uh, what's your website?
1: Um, So I'm pretty much everywhere. I'm a digital marker, of course, Um, (laughs) everywhere you can think of except for TikTok. I haven't jumped on that train yet, Uh, but you can find me on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn. And all of my handles are M-A-Alvarez, A-L-V-A-R-E-Z-I-I. Uh, you type that in on the Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or LinkedIn, and you'll find me super
0: easily. Thank you. Thank you so much for being here. It was a joy to talk to you. And I wish you very happy writing.
1: Oh, you too. Thank Take you. care.
0: Bye. Thanks so much for joining me on this episode of How Do You Write?